0: Annyeonghaseyo, ni hao, malo, nice to see everybody here. Uh, So good for us to be back together again like this, right? Man, I'm just so grateful. God is so good. It is wonderful. You're all looking brilliant. You all look like you've survived, and uh, we're just delighted we get to do this together today, which is great. Easter Friday, do you realize that across the world today, somewhere between one and two billion people will worship the Lord today. Isn't that extraordinary? Between one and two billion people, just like us, will come and lift their hands to God and Gratitude and thanks for the difference that he has made in their lives. And that is what we're looking at today. Let me read to you from Mark chapter 15. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. And there they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. And they crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, so you who were going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save you yourself now I have a confession to make this morning Easter Friday I'll be honest I don't enjoy Easter Friday anywhere near as much as I enjoy Easter Sunday and it's not just because we're not allowed to have Easter eggs until Sunday you know Easter Friday it just it it always has been a little bit of an enigma for me I'm not quite sure what to do with this day right it's a day that feels like defeat it's a day that feels like failure This is the day when everyone had left Jesus. This is the day when Jesus walks alone. And not only does he walk alone, he walks alone to his death. Something about this day, I'll be honest, I struggle to have good feelings about this day. Yet the reality is, is that this is the day when Jesus achieved so much for the world. On this day, he paid the price for all sin as the atoning sacrifice for every one of us. On this day, He died in our place, ransoming all sinners. On this day, He set us free from the curse of sin and death. On this day, He took the keys to hell and death from Satan. You know, the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 53 verse 6, he says, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all, the sin of us all. Like this can be difficult to get our heads around, right? Let me read to you from what uh, Martin Luther, the father of the Protestant church, wrote about this in explanation. This is how he explained it. Our most merciful father sent his only son into the world and laid upon him the sins of of all men and women, saying, Be Peter the denier. Be Paul, that persecutor, blasphemer, and cruel oppressor. Be David the adulterer. Be that sinner which ate the apple in paradise. Be that thief which hung upon the cross. Be the person which has committed the sins of all men and see, therefore, that you pay and satisfy the demand of justice for them. And look, here now comes the law and says, I find him a sinner. Therefore, let him die upon the cross. And so the law killed him. And by this means, the whole world is purged and cleansed from all sins. That is what Jesus did on Easter Friday. Let me read to you again from the scriptures. Mark 15. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, Lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with vine With wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. And with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This is a huge curtain. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was The Son of God. You see, when Jesus took away our sin, he made it possible for us to have a personal relationship with God Almighty, and a sign was given. You see, in the temple, the curtain was this great heavy barrier that kept people, mankind, separated from the presence and power of God because of their sin. And yet, we read this little detail put into the story the curtain was torn. And in the most important detail, it wasn't torn from bottom to top like what would happen if two men got on it and tore it. It was torn from top to bottom to show that God did it, opening the way for you and I to come to God as, as sons and daughters, to come to God as friends. This is what happened on Easter Friday. And can I say that what happened to me in that gas station 32 years ago when I was just a young man and I, at three in the morning, gave my life to Jesus. I said, God, if you can prove yourself to me in this concrete world, God, I'll live for you all of my days. And he did. And I am. But without Easter Friday, that could never have happened. Do you realize that? There, w- there would be no payment For my sin, there'd be no means of taking away my guilt and shame. There would be no second chances. There'd be no stepping into a new relationship with God. It's because of what Jesus did on Easter Friday that I am standing here today. And you are here as well. And so, yes, we celebrate at Easter, right? We celebrate all that Jesus has done for us, all that we have by faith, because of what he did on that hideous Roman cross. Yet Easter is not just about what we have by faith because there's something else going on in the Easter story which we must look at, and that was doubt. Doubt. You see, while Jesus was contending for the faith of all of those who would believe in him, the disciples doubted. Peter, who said he would die with Jesus, where was he? He was absent. James and Jude, Jesus' own brothers who grew up with him and knew him, who wrote two books of the New Testament, where were they? They were absent. What about James and John, these outspoken men nicknamed the sons of thunder, men full of courage, where were they? They too were absent. Where were all of these when Jesus was paying for their sins as well as the sins of the world, they were not there, they were absent, they were doubting. Now, there were some of his followers that were there. We read this in John 19. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple, Whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. So there were a few there, a few of these brave, resilient, passionate women who followed Jesus, and one disciple, just John. Can I ask us this morning? If we were to position ourselves somewhere on Easter Friday, where would it be? When I ask that of myself, would I be the brave John, the youngest of all the disciples, still in his teens, who would not abandon Jesus to the cross? Would I be him? Or, or, or maybe I would be Joseph of Arimathea. You know, behind the scenes, we don't find out until later, but he's working to procure the permission to take Jesus' body and honor it by putting it in his own tomb. Maybe I'd be him. Or, or maybe I would be like one of the, one of the women standing there, looking at Jesus, willing their strength to him as he fought this battle. How we love to assume we would be the hero. Yet to be honest, I'm not convinced that I'm that brave. I'm not convinced that I'm that idealistic. I'm not convinced that I'm that trusting. I suspect that if I'm honest, I would be right there with the disciples. I would be absent, I would be hiding for fear of the Jews, deep in doubt as to who Jesus actually was, completely confused about how just a few days earlier I was so sure, and yet now I am so afraid, and I am so doubting. You see, doubt was conspicuous on Easter Friday. And one of those doubters who was absent on Easter Friday, we know, is, is James, the brother of Jesus, the man who wrote the, the letter of James. These, and he wrote these amazing and interesting words to the church. Let me read this to you James 1, verse 6. He says, You must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Anyone know, get the feeling that? Maybe James was speaking from first-hand experience here. The one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind, this way and that. Have you ever felt doubt? I know I have. Feeling tossed this way and that, not knowing where to settle. James's words, they feel pretty black and white, and yet, The Scripture says more about doubt, and and indeed Jude, who was also a half-brother of Jesus's, who wrote the book of Jude, he says this in chapter 1, verse 22, Be merciful to those who doubt. It's like he's saying, you know, people struggling with doubt, they don't need your judgment. They need your mercy. Be kind. Help them out on their journey. And isn't it interesting that James, one of the men who doubted on Easter Friday, who was absent on Easter Friday, became one of the great writers of faith for us that we still gain great insight and encouragement from today. Clearly then, doubt is not the final word on Easter Friday. Let me ask you, do you struggle with doubt? I know I've had plenty of times since I've struggled with doubt. I've had my times when I've just kind of hoped the Buddhists aren't right and we're wrong. I've had those days. And let me say to you, if you too have had those days, if you too struggle with doubt, what wonderful company you are in. And here's the grace of God, right? While the disciples doubted, still Jesus was at work on their behalf. And can I say to you this morning, while we doubt, still Jesus is at work on our behalf. And So so let's turn our mind for a moment to faith. Where is faith? Where does faith come from? You see, Jesus' message to the disciples was clear, right? He said again and again and again, the Son of Man must be taken. He will be taken and he will be killed. But... He will rise from the dead on the third day. But over the days leading up to the crucifixion, the disciples, it would appear, began to listen to the wrong messages. They began to hear the wrong things. They heard the message the Romans were sending this man is no king and he is a threat. They heard the message the Pharisees were sending. This man has broken the law. He cannot be the Messiah. They heard the message the crowd was sending. Crucify him, crucify him. And the more they heard those messages, the more their doubts grew and their faith faltered. The lesson this Easter Friday is what messages are you hearing? What conversations are you listening to? And is it building your faith or is it deepening your doubts? There's this wonderful scripture in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ or the word of God. You see, we build faith by hearing. That's how it happens by hearing the message. Of the Word of God by reading the Bible, by listening to teaching about Jesus, do those things and faith comes. But if we do the the wrong, if we listen to the wrong messages, I tell you, doubt comes by hearing as well. So we need to we need to learn to be very careful what conversations we are listening to. You go all the way back to the garden. You know what happened right back in the garden? There was a conversation. Adam and Eve found themselves listening to a message from a serpent. What devastation did that bring? What are you hearing? Are you listening to the crowd? The crowd out there in this secular society we live in that Jesus isn't God? Or are you listening to Jesus who says he was? Faith comes by hearing. Are you listening to the doubters who on Easter Saturday said that God is dead and in secular society today say that God is dead? Or are you listening to Jesus who said that he is not dead and he will rise again? Faith comes by hearing. Are you listening to that age-old serpent that God didn't really say the things you thought he said and he can't really be trusted anyway as being about your best interests or are you listening to Jesus who said he would destroy the work of darkness and he would bring you life and light and freedom? You see, faith comes by hearing. Look, think for a moment of somebody you know, maybe someone even in this congregation, maybe someone that uh, you know, has a rock solid faith. Like they just, man, you just know that they are just 100% for God. There's plenty of people like that sitting in this room here today. People who don't seem to struggle with that, though I'm sure that they do like we all do from time to time. You know, I think of people like Roger Carnahan. I think of people like Jade Galbraith. I think of people like, like Shane Juan. I think of people like Maggie Lawson. I think of people like David Deleep. Uh, there are many more that I could that talk about in this congregation. People who just seem to have faith. Now, here's the thing. I tell you what you will find. If you would walk with those people for a few days, you would find that these are people who daily read their Bible. Whether it's a personal reading plan, an organized plan like Bible recap, or a a weekly Bible study, they read and they hear the message because faith comes by hearing. These people also are are people who daily talk to Jesus in prayer. They listen to Jesus. They pray and they pause and they inquire They ask what the Word might be saying to them, what the Spirit might be saying to them. That's what they do, because faith comes by hearing. And they walk by faith. They act on what they feel the Lord is saying to them. They receive the Word, and in small ways and in big ways, they try to step out and, and be more like Jesus today than they were yesterday. That's how people with doubts on Friday come to be people of faith on Sunday. Celebrating the resurrection and finding that actually Jesus is alive. Faith comes by hearing. We'll get the team to come up now for Curtin. You know, Easter Friday teaches us, right, that doubts will come. That's fine. Doubt does not corrupt your character necessarily, doubt does not disqualify your faith, doubt does not define your destiny. But we do have to make the decision to hold on to the Word of God, the message of Jesus, and build our faith. It's not just something we received at salvation. It's something that must grow in our lives and grow all the more as we go on because, like we looked at last week, days coming when all of us will find ourselves on that last day facing... What Jesus faced, facing what the apostles faced. We all must take up our cross. We all must live with an eternal perspective. Doubt will come, as it did to the disciples on Easter Friday. Don't be shaken by that. Don't worry about that. But build your faith.